Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Glorio Chat, the best anime podcast on the internet. Uh, thank you guys for letting me back on the show. <laughs> Consider but, uh, yourself on probation. Yes, I have <laughs> wired the money uh, to my account tomorrow. I have uh, qu- I have quelled the insurrection, and I'm back in my seat as Supreme Emperor of Glorio. But uh, yes, thank you all. Thank you all. Thank you all for covering last time. I'm still allowed uh, to be here for some reason. Yeah, well, you know, it's a uh, you know, it's complicated, but uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, you're the uh, is star, here. You're the star scream to Joe's Megatron. Is that how it is? <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, well, spring is here. Uh, love is in the air, or so anime would have me believe. With all the new shows I've been watching, they seem to all have some kind of romantic element to them. Uh, a lot of uh, himbos and wife guys this season. It feels like I don't know about you. <laughs> I, I don't know. How, I don't know. What, I don't know what you guys have all been watching, but that seems to be uh, what I've been running into. Um, but yeah, we're also in the awkward position of uh, we have to. We didn't get, have that opportunity to wrap up last season as well, so we knew a little bit of both for this episode as seasons continue to not mean anything anymore. But. Uh, yeah, we got a lot to talk about, and let's start by just introducing everybody. I'm Jell. I'm joined by Arrow. I'm still here. I'm not dead yet. Yes, still, still with us. We're joined by G. We've all just climbed out of the the anime mines. Our faces are still sweaty and dusty from all the mining we've been doing. You know, trying to find the the diamonds in the rough for you, but. Damn, I don't know. I I, I I just came out of that mine, and all I can say is, I don't know, folks, there seem to be a lot of gay women down there. <laughs> that seems to be... Mm-hmm. That seems hell, to be the thing. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, yes, that that's... We'll, we'll get into that uh, for sure. Um, and we are joined by Zig. Yes, uh, since we're recording this on Easter Sunday, I think that it's only appropriate that we pay tribute to those who died on the cross for us, like uh, Ultraman, Gabumon. every Super Sentai team, Gabumon, Sailor Moon, you know, all of those noble souls. <laughs> I, I was I was thinking if this is a time to celebrate the return of our Lord and Savior, you know, Birdie Wing is back. Yeah, but, but nobody's uh, tied true. to a cross in Birdie Wing yet. Not yeah. yet. <laughs> no. We're not ruling tied that to, out. Tied to a golf flag. Yes. <laughs> we are not ruling that out. Oh, I can't wait to talk about Birdie Wing, but before we get to the, the new things happening, mm-hmm. we do need to wrap up the winter season, or what was left of it by the time uh, <laughs> <laughs> it ended. Um. We're here I just to want round to round up the survivors. Yeah, I just want to start by saying, uh, you know, an RIP to Near Automata, which again got delayed indefinitely. I don't believe any time has been announced for it to be finished. So they're, they're just trying to recreate the experience of starting the game four or five different times, <laughs> the closest you can get in a TV format. Yeah, well, at least they got the fishing uh, puppet show ending in yes. before they mm-hmm. shut shut it down. So. If they never come back, we ha- we'll always have that. 
Look, Which, man, Yoko Taro's too busy trying to kill Sega. All right. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. That's a whole other story we can't get into. <laughs> but, uh, yes, also killed by COVID delays was uh, Bofori. Um, they have announced the final two episodes will be airing. One of them was supposed to be this weekend, but it got delayed again. So not a good sign, but at least they're trying. But uh, I will say that show was looking real rough at the end. Like, I don't know. It's I, it's unfortunate because like even even if they could get the episodes out, there was a lot of uh, montages off over insert songs. Let's put it that way. Ooh, that's that's the never last, a good uh, sign. <laughs> last couple episodes. So uh, rest in peace, both of those shows. Uh, if they ever come back, maybe we'll talk about them again. Um, certainly near, but we'll see. Uh, other shows that ended, I, uh, Tomo-chan ended, right? Tomo-chan is a girl? Yes, Tomo-chan Tom- has Was finished. Tomo-chan still a girl by the end of the show? She, yes, yes. Okay. She is, she is confirmed. Uh, I, I am checking my notes here. Um, uh, Carry the two. Yes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. confirmed. Tomo-chan is, uh, is still a girl okay. as of the 13th and final episode of the series. Okay. Um, did they hook up? Yeah, they did. And that's the okay. important thing. Right, like that's that's I. So here's the thing: where I, I think broadly, broadly, I come away from Tomo Chan positive, but there is definitely a strained element of like, you didn't have to make it this hard to get here, Um, (laughs) because, so, um. The 12th and penultimate episode is where the actual confession happens, right? And as far as anime romance confessions go, I actually rather like it, right? Because it kind of does the, you know, to us, like, decrepit, cynical old men, this doesn't really seem like, you know, that big of a deal. But in the context of a teenage relationship, I totally get it, is the whole, like... Okay, so we're both, like, 99% sure that we like each other romantically, what is that going to do to our friendship, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, these these two, you know, best buddies who, you know, are like having sleepovers, playing video games and, you know, joshing around and, you know, all that stuff, right? And it's like, but once we become boyfriend and girlfriend, isn't isn't that all going to change? Like, aren't we going to have to like hold hands and go to brunches together or some shit? <laughs> and... I mean, you know, whatever. At the end, the realization is no, nothing has to change, right? Like, if this is, if the form of the relationship that you guys have is already what you believe to be the best form of it, then why change it other than just now you, you know, have acknowledged each other's romantic feelings, right? And so... Uh, in that in that aspect, I actually rather like how 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 it wraps up. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. Like, I mean, kind of by the numbers, but still, I was like, this is. I'm glad it went this way, right? Because, like, you know, the whole like kind of original plot line of Tomo Chan, right, is the whole like, oh, you know, Tomo thinks that like she has to act more feminine, right, to like attract uh, Judy Tro's attention, right? And so to have the confession at the end basically boil down to like. You know, them saying, no, I like you because of exactly who you are. And I don't want that to change. I don't want anything we do to change. Like, this, as we already have it, is perfect, is a, you know, relatively nice message overall. If, if, if again, a little by the book. Mm-hmm. Um, right. 
you know, there's like kind of a good subplot of like Gundo, uh, the the like the dour one, has like a pretty good like you know she she is the she is the snarky shit talker, right? And I feel like often in these types of media, you kind of expect them to be unassailable, but she has a pretty good moment towards the end where she's like. Oh fuck! I'm the one who originally told Tomo at the beginning of this anime that she should try acting more feminine. <laughs> this is basically Oops. all my fault. I fucked this up. Like, yeah. like these two probably would have been going out by episode three had I not said that. And you know, in the end, it's it's you know, I mean, it's played for slight drama, but of course, uh, you know, obviously Tomo forgives her in the end. But mm-hmm. or, you know, to- I mean, Tomo's like, wait, oh. Huh, I guess you did say that, right? But, you know, I, I could still appreciate the show having a little bit of that self-awareness of like, yeah, actually people's words have, have meaning, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. even a thing you say offhand, like have you tried acting more feminine can have long-term consequences on a person's behavior. So, and again, yeah. in that regard, high marks. Good job, Tomo-chan. Where it all kind of falls apart is like, that's all the penultimate episode. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this, yes. <laughs> Then the last episode Mm. actually happens, and this is one of the most, like, oh, shit, right, you got to adapt the source material, huh? Oh. And the last episode is, oh, we actually can't go out because Tomo's dad, uh, Heihachi Mishima, will approve of the relationship unless Junichiro can defeat him in a karate match. And it's like, why? Why? Yeah, like, and they take it seriously. This is the problem, right? Like they—it's not a like, joke. It's, the, it's like it's the whole episode. It is legitimately the the meat of the last episode is Junichiro having to summon the willpower to defeat the leader of the Mishima Zaibatsu in, <laughs> in armed combat to win the affections of of Tomo. Okay, then, one important question: Does the episode end with somebody being thrown into a volcano? Unfortunately, he is not actually Heihachi Mishima. He oh, just has the hair. <laughs> but, what's uh, the point? He, yeah, he actually kind of looks more like... um, uh, What's that dude from King of Fighters? Goro? Well, anyways. Yeah, he's just he's like a big, like, meaty dude in a, in, in a, in a karate gi. But he's got, like, the two-pointed, like, tips mm-hmm, on top mm-hmm. of his head. Yeah, it's a very, very unique hairstyle, yeah. Yeah, um... And they played for real. Like, they played seriously. And I'm like, <laughs> really, dude? You had your big, like, emotionally cathartic confession last week, and now we're just back to, like, this type of dipshittery? Like, yeah. I don't know, man. Look, I love me a good fight, but, mm-hmm. you know, this is not the show's specialty. It really felt kind of unnecessary, and it's a weird choice to make it the last episode. But, uh... I don't well, know. Long story short, he wins the match and gets their approval, and they date. Is it like after. a he wins for reals, or is it like the father realizes I do approve of these? I just had to save face by by you know maintaining the facade of it's the latter. It's the latter. Okay. Like yeah. it's. Yeah. I mean, like Tomo's mom immediately approves of the relationship. She's like, finally, I'm so happy for you two. And it's you know it's it's, uh-huh. it's all. Uh, you know, Tomo Senior here, who's uh, who's like, you know, you must defeat me in armed combat. And yes, it is very much a thing of like, basically halfway through the fight, he's like, damn, they really do love each other. I'm such a fucking asshole for demanding this. As he is, you know, <laughs> beating the shit out of this, you know, 17-year-old boy. <laughs> he's like, damn, did I? 
<laughs> Did I make a mistake to demand this? this? I am, see, that, you know, that sounds like it could be a good time. Like, like I'm yeah. beating the shit out of this kid. <laughs> well, uh, at least they made it to the finish line, right? That's they did. They did. That's something uh, you don't. You yeah, don't I, always I think, get that. I think that. the show has, despite it, you know, being, you know, again, despite Tomo herself being like made in a lab to appeal to me, I think Tomo Chan uh-huh. hit the absolute limit of what this show can be. You know, like it ended. It ended a little bit past my my patience for the show. I guess is how I put it. Right. Like I'm glad it still got to the point it did, but. You know, if they announce Tobo Chance season two, I, I don't think I'm gonna be, yeah, you know, racing Nothing out left. there to watch it. <laughs> Nowhere left to go with that one. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's could been could have been worse. Yeah, Tobo Chan is a girl. It could have been worse. <laughs> <laughs> Glowing endorsement. All right. Uh, well, yeah. Let's move along and talk about. The Fire Hunter, which I feel like I don't have much to say about the Fire Hunter at this point. Okay, so this is properly over, right? Like, there's, there's going to be a season, two. Be a season two. I didn't oh, okay. even this watch the last episode or two. I don't think because I I don't know. It just was no longer holding my interest. And so, um, I will say that. Oh, sorry, I got gone. Just the the idea that it's like it's one thing to oh there's two episodes left I gotta watch those but like the announcement of a season two is sort it was like the confirmation to me that like oh there's that much more story left nothing's going to get wrapped up in those yeah. last two episodes like none of the questions that I still cared about like nominally cared about to have answered are probably going to be answered in those two episodes and the show's production is still you know a roiling mass on the floor. Uh, and so it's just, I didn't feel a need to even wrap up the first season. Hmm. That sounds I like th- me in high card, but yes. I, uh, I, 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 I mean, that, it, it's unfortunate when you have a show that like, you know, if nothing else, based on the way you guys talked about it, at least had some interesting world building. It is, it is always unfortunate to just kind of see it uncoil like that at the end. Right. Yeah. Zig, what were you going to say? I, I think the thing that watching the last couple of episodes reminded me is that, oh, right, the show was written by Mamoru Oshii, uh, which... Uh, oh, man, something how much... Had... So, like, it's... The thing I would say about, like, the back half of The Fire Hunter is that it's kind of sloppy. You know, I think that there's there's still some interesting ideas there. There's still some like strong concepts but the writing is just so all over the place you know there's no like strong through line of plot it feels undisciplined you know it feels sprawling mm. all over the shop and like a, a bag of ideas that can't kind of like straighten up and get in shape and and you know like for better or worse that kind of encapsulates like the bad side of Oshi's writing right like it, it kind of just sort of dwells and ponders on things without necessarily whipping them into the yeah, shape I mean, of the narrative. The, the unfortunate, like, you know, the, the sort of thing people often say about Oshi, right, is like, at his best, right, there there are very few directors like him, but I think at his worst, like, to call some of his worst, his, his lesser works meandering would almost be too nice, 
Like there is, there's often an aimlessness to the way he writes sometimes. And, if if there aren't enough guardrails, and and I think here, you know, and I don't think he's solely to blame. You know, I think the material having not read the novels, but it certainly seems like the material is kind of in a rut a little, but the the net combination is just like people go places and do things, but you're not entirely sure why or or like what the things they are doing are adding to the bigger picture. And it just all feels very aimless, you know, and that's that's disappointing because like I said, I I still think the world is interesting. I still think that there's a lot of potential there, but it, it feels it needed somebody to come in and like tighten the script considerably at the very least, you know, and as I said, the production continues to be a disaster. You know, it's rough to look at, you know, it's actively unpleasant to look at a lot of the time. And whenever there's a scene which requires action, you would probably be better off like flipping the corner of a book instead or something like that. You'd get more frames that way. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. Oh, well, that is disappointing, as G was saying, and, it you is. know, kind of odd that it's, I guess it's going another season. I'm assuming that was probably planned ahead of time or whatever, but I assume so. Also, I, I, I can only, first one. Yeah, I can only assume that like this, like this season probably cost like half a pack of cigarettes and like, <laughs> five, a five pound note to make. So it's no big deal to make a second one. So mm-hmm. we'll have to see. Like, I'll probably have a gander at where they pick up for the second one, but, you know, my enthusiasm is severely tempered. Put it's it going to take way. a lot to win you mm. back at this point, yeah. right? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, is it time for the disappointment hour thing? <laughs> yeah, we're just going to keep... Like, yeah, yeah. We're just going to keep going through these. Yeah. Um, tell us, Joe. Tell us, for me tell to us say my story. How my parting words. Daddy. My parting words for Buddy Daddies. Yes. Um... So, as you know, we we got into the serious parts Mm -hmm. with our family on the run from uh, Ray, the dark hair guy, his dad, uh, who is a hit out conglomerate. Yes, who who runs the the assassin conglomerate, the super assassin family. And he's got a hit out for... uh, the other guy, Kazuki, and the kid, because they've he wants his son to come back and be and take over the family, like his he's destined to do. It's in his blood, all that. There's a lot of speeches to that effect. And um Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna back up a little bit. If you guys recall many episodes ago, I told you there was an episode where uh the blonde guy Kazuki meets uh Miri's mother. Right. And yes. And isn't isn't she, she is like, terrible? Want her child yes. back? Yeah, so she's terrible, and like explicitly establishes that she doesn't want the kid back. And it feels like that episode was to set up that that there's no like moral obligation for them to give this child back to their mother at any point. They're free to take her as their parent. Man, as that's her parents. <laughs> okay. That's what that episode felt like, right? Uh, so yeah. guess what they do in the final arc of Buddy? What Daddy's. do they do, Jill? It's time for the irredeemable mom redemption arc. Oh, so that they uh, can stay now, so that we can do a now we must go with the kid. So, like, pull that. Fake so, here's out. what happens. First of all, let me just say if I haven't said it recently, I generally hate redemption arcs. 
they're so rarely done. Like it's a difficult thing to do well. Especially like, you heard with it here, folks, on on Easter Sunday. Mm. <laughs> redemption. Yes, you hear it. I, I feel like especially with like the evil parent thing, like because uh, no, I feel I like agree. that's where maybe it maybe comes up the most. Well, and I mean, so- look, like also like I think just like context-wise, like the culture of filial piety is so strong in Japan and Asia in general that like. It oh yeah, he was unearned, right? Right, I can't. Yeah, right, I can't give up on him because he's my dad. Which there's some like you know, dad or mom or whatever. There's some, you know, it's it can be more complicated than that. But even so, like, it's so hard to do and rarely pulled off correctly. And um, this is one of those situations where it is not pulled off correctly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so here's what happens: the the handler guy who has been tasked with offing uh, Kazuki and the kid. Uh, he's, he's kind of a hard ass, but he doesn't, he doesn't want to literally murder a child. Right. So he's like, okay. He's like, okay, if I get her mother, if I can get her to go back to her mother um, and she's out of the picture, then maybe, you know, the, the other dude will back off. Cause then it's not going to affect uh, his son anymore. Right. So he secretly contacts the mother who then comes back and she's like, and we don't know this at first. She, at first she just comes back and she's like, I've changed. She's like, you know, dressed in nice clothes now. She's like talking all, you know, like proper and nice. And, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I regret everything I've done. And, uh, you know, I, I, I know you guys are in a dangerous line of work and I, I think it's time for me to take my daughter back. And this is so abrupt that I was a hundred percent certain this was like a trap. Like, like right. maybe the, the, like the dad got to her and was like paying her off to like set up this uh, trap or and something. Like the, and like the proof that like the, the final proof that, she they have no obligation to give her back the child is yeah, that exactly. she would like, be willing to throw her child away for money. Yes, like that was like the logical conclusion to that to that storyline based on what we had seen previously. So like there's so basically there's no reason to believe her when she says all that, right? Right. And e- even the the buddy daddies are kind of are skeptical at this point, but they're also like she is kind of right with the situation maybe that would she would be better off. And uh, yeah, it turns out it's not a trap. She just, uh, she just changed her mind. There's wow. no, and there's no, there's no time spent on why. <laughs> no reason given. Like it just. Well, I'm. I love my daughter now. I changed. That's it. And so they give the daughter back, but of course it ends up not being enough. And there's a big dramatic uh, scene where the mother d- dies because she's <laughs> trying to get the because wow. they, they, they go to kill them anyway. They send they send the, up, huh? they send the they send the big bad evil assassin guy, the guy that writes down everybody's last words. Um, and it's just it's just so bad. Like there's no there's no um, reason for any of it. You don't feel anything about it, and it's just like. I was done at that point. And yeah, so the mom dies and now they're now they're really stuck and they have to like figure out some way to get out of their situation and 
they finally do like one more assault on the assassin complex where uh, Ray goes up to his dad and he's like, he's basically his resolution is he shoots himself in the shoulder so that he's not a good assassin anymore. Of course. And, and he's uh-huh. like, well, I'm useless to you now. See you later, dad. And uh, that's it. They, they, they go off to some like uh, in the middle of no, they, they open a cafe in the middle of nowhere and start the show that I wanted all along. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, where it's just the two buddy daddies running a cafe and they like they even do a little time skip to where where uh, Miri's gonna she's it's her first day of high school and Damn. she's saying goodbye to her buddy uh, daddies her her daddy uh-huh. and you know they throw in a little one more no homo because the uh, Kazuki course, is apparently uh, apparently still a womanizer you know you know uh-huh, uh-huh, it's not, uh-huh. you know fellas is it gay to uh you know have a male <laughs> life partner that you raise a child with <laughs> uh we definitely keep separate beds we sleep in separate yeah, beds so generally, guys they, they had to throw that in there and just yeah uh, overall I, I you know there's a, we're going to talk about high card <laughs> next and i feel like there's kind of similar <laughs> trajectories Parallels. that these shows went on and Buddy Daddy pisses me off a lot more because I did enjoy portions of the show. And it's uh-huh. and even though I didn't like the choices they made, at least it's still like very well made. It's very competently yeah, made. I mean, yeah, but, I mean, it seems like the, the grand problem with Buddy Daddies in the end, right, is like it's it's a thing I feel like we say a lot about certain anime originals, right? Of like, here you go, a grade A premise handed on a silver platter, just don't fuck it up. Yeah, and then they proceed up. to fuck it up. Yeah. Yes. It's like it's you. It's like you you write the idea down on a napkin, the one sentence pitch, and it sounds great. And then when you have to, when it comes time to actually make the show, you're like, oh, how do we make this? Right. <laughs> how do we make this show happen? Yeah. They don't. It, it's like they don't have a plan, and they just kind of like you know go with the flow on it, and then you, you I get mean, stuff like this. But I've not been watching the show, obviously, but. Like the things you've just said about the last episode, particularly the like we brought back the mom, redeemed her, and then killed her. Just like it seems to me a very much a kind of a have cake and eat it as well thing. It's that like we can't possibly leave the impression that the mother was bad and hated her child, but also we want our happy ending. So we're yeah, going. She still to- has to pay. She still has yeah. to pay the price. Great. So, no, it's not even that though. It's just she is an obstacle in the way of achieving our perfect ending. So we brought her back just to reassure her that actually, kids, your parents are good. Really, they are. And yeah, then we removed her from the plot. She's just bad from the plot, though. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah that but, and that's just that's just like common or garden bad writing. There, in general, know. the writing is awful. Like I, I think you guys saw some of the <laughs> screenshots I posted of some of the dialogue. It's pretty um, bad. I, I'm looking at the one where when he's confronting his father and his father says, uh, you're going to follow through on that false relationship bearing the weight of your sin. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Oh, because there's context. There's, right. But the, like there's contexts in which like that'd be hilarious. And yeah, a, this isn't that this isn't that kind of show. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If, the, if this was some like melodramatic, like just anime, like super anime whatever yes but this is like they would both have to be in robots for that line yeah you gotta be in a robot you gotta be in a robot to say that kind of line not just a regular Uh dude perhaps a jet plane okay maybe a jet plane (laughs) why not both at the same time or maybe one maybe a robot that turns into a jet plane yeah Yeah. yes so anyway just disappointing um Mm -hmm. because you know there were stretches of that show that were good 
and it could have been they could have made it work and they didn't so well yeah. speaking of another show that had i wouldn't call i wouldn't call it stretches of good but maybe mm-hmm. glimmers of good yes yeah, yeah. high card what? yeah so i feel like we we fundamentally disagreed with the creators of the show on the kind of show <laughs> they should be making. Yeah. That's, that's basically all there is to it, right? I mean, we could mm-hmm. also bring up the, like, it's kind of interesting. There's a bit of a parallel here to, uh, Ero, what you said about the Fire Hunter of... By the time we right. reached the end of High Card, we were definitely going, wait, hold on a second. They're not going to find a satisfying conclusion to any of this. And then yeah. they announced season two. And it's like, oh, that's why. And then... What little air was left in the balloon, like, escaped at that point. (laughs) It's like, you've introduced so many dangling plot threads in, like, the final third of the show. That's like... But the thing is, I don't want to... I don't care about any of them because you haven't... Ah, the setup's no good, right? Like, Yeah, I really didn't like the... I didn't really, really didn't like the dramatic turn they took... With oh, Lake. yeah, it's like super so, hackneyed. So yeah. I, didn't, I didn't finish watching. I think I had like two episodes left or something. I so, stopped around the time when they revealed that, that you can play three cards at once. <laughs> yes, the X, uh-huh. and, the X card or whatever. And, and, <laughs> and they, they had to make, um, is it Chris? They had to yes. make his tragic backstory even more tragic. Oh, um, does that mean that you missed the dramatic last minute twist? Uh, probably, Wait, which, yeah. Which, which, which dramatic? Which one? Uh, being the bit where Chris turns on the rest of the team. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, we were we were just about to get for, into that. Yeah. So yes. Yeah. So the finale of I guess now what is season one is that um Chris it turns out Chris has secretly been collecting other uh the rest of the five playing cards. Yeah, that uh, much I on, so I, 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 and, I saw enough to figure out that he was going to do that. Yes, okay, but, yes. And yeah. he desi- decides to basically go rogue to uh to play the X hand to to save his anime sick sister, uh-huh. right? Because and the five cards are all some type type of healing question mark. And I don't so... think it's necessarily that as well. Maybe it is. Like I mean, this is the problem, right? Like so, we it's all talk about how it's ill defined, and so it's yes. like yeah. But, but the problem is, it's not even ill defined in the good JoJo way of like, how'd you get that new power? I made it up. It's not even like that. It's like, <laughs> right. it's just ill explained how the cards work, right? But the idea is that yeah. oh, you play multiple of the same like a uh, uh, card or number, mm-hmm. it, it gets a power boost, right? And so he takes yeah. he he gets the other three five cards. So he has a full, you know, he, he's got he's got he's got a he's got a what what's it called a four? Just is it just a Four, four of a kind. Like, it's just four of a kind. Yeah, I guess he yeah, just got a four of a no kind, right? For four of a kind. And um, he's uh, he's off to the races. He's absconded with his sister, but uh, it, it gets into the really hackneyed thing of he has the sister, he has the cards, and he's getting chased by these assassins who are trying to stop him. He does not once ever uh-huh. just be like, ah, should I just activate the healing now? No, it's because no, he no, promised it has his sister, to be done. Yeah. I promised we'd go to the Ferris wheel next time. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I have to heal her at the top of the Ferris wheel. Yeah. So, oh, you God. know, which is just an Fucking excuse to bullshit. have, like, a... You know, just to have it... It's the just an excuse chase, to, right. to, to, to have a car chase and to give the heroes time to catch up to him. And, you know, long story short, it's all, like, you know, the whole deal is, like, the, the quote-unquote moral ambiguity in, in heavy scare quotes here, right? Yeah. Is, <laughs> is like... 
it, 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 you know, Finn and the rest of High Card, it's like, who, where do your loyalties lie? Does it lie towards High Card, the government like institution, or High Card, your comrades in arms, right? Like, who, like, which version of High Card do you owe your loyalties to, right? Like, because, you know, the idea of, like, oh, well, to, to, to be loyal to one means to have to forsake the other, right? You know? Uh-huh. And we can't use our like, cards for personal gain right. for yeah. some. Visa. <laughs> yeah, and it's like fucking whatever, right? It's like the most hackneyed, like moral ambiguity, like thing in the world because obviously everybody, co- all all the Nakama come together to to help out and. Uh-huh. I mean, it doesn't Chris. help. It doesn't help that like their bosses have universally been like cold, ignorant assholes this entire yeah, time, right? So like, there's like there's really no ambiguity, right? Like it's just like, oh, here's your shitty boss, and then here are your cool coworkers. Well, cool. Grading on a curve, I guess. <laughs> yes. And, but, I mean, so like, we've been told. It's like, the, it's like the flashback sequence where, like, where Chris's father is like, I want to save my dying son, and dude is like, no. And yes. there's no reason given for it at all. Right. Just because just, you can't no. use your cards for personal gain. Right, like, it, 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 it at least would have been something if Jotaro, at least that's who the, the, the guy's voiced by, um, <laughs> And I don't know his real name, so I'm just going to keep calling him Jotaro. It would have been one thing if Jotaro was, like, doing the, like, social Darwinist, like, if you're giving up your life to save your son, but, like, you're an agent of high card, you're, like, immensely more valuable to me than your son. Like, think about the, like, the blah, blah, you know, whatever. Like, you know, even that's not that much more right, that, better. Yeah. That makes him look like something. an asshole, but it gives stakes. Yes. Right. Right. It's a reason. But instead, other it's literally just so. like the like Joe Turo literally just looks at the camera and says, "Your kid's got to die," and it's like, <laughs> okay, like, right, sure, dude. And anyways, it all culminates in like a bit that's like legitimately kind of cool, but also too little, too late. Of like, uh, they're 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 in a car chase. They're chasing after Chris, who's like on the Ferris wheel, uh, slowly, you know, going going to the top. And um, and uh, and uh, the uh, what's his name, Leo? Uh, he, right, he, he makes, makes a, a big, big like ramp. He he summons a big ass money. ramp. Yes, yes, with money. Um, and uh, they 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 drive off the edge, and uh, and uh, Finn gets out and you know pulls off the shot in a million. Right, the uh, uh-huh. this is know. his Neo Nunu lets him shoot in a straight line. Right, so he just yeah. shoots one of the one of the four cards out yeah, uh, so of the X hand, so it goes off with only three. Yes, and then it just works. Yeah, like <laughs> it oh, turns out, Chris. Okay, yeah, it's like Chris yes. never needed all four cards in the first place. Like, <laughs> well, you know, see, but you see, she's not. Pu- they <laughs> there's a really ridiculous line uh, when you know in the in in the denouement. Uh, where they're talking about his sister, and they're like, "Well, she's not in remission per se, but her life's not in danger anymore." Just oh, like, man. what the fuck are you talking about? So, but yeah, it's just like this really half-assed excuse of his plan worked in a way that didn't have to sacrifice his life, and now we can all go back to happy, fun times, looking for the cards. And all of these other plot threads are hanging around that we haven't addressed and won't right. until season two. 
and I guess the end. I guess the whole point of the season was Finn and Chris are just such good friends. When yeah, that's got to be like barely any time to like it, set that up. If there's one part I would identify as like the weakest attempt of anything they tried was trying to make us believe that Chris and Finn are like best bros, and right? They have this like. It just doesn't I mean, work. They, they ate cold beans together once. Yeah, then they have like this, like <laughs> they, they have that. this, like unbreakable bond yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that it, it's just so, like, it's so hollow. You know, like yeah. there's nothing. There's no scenes of like genuine affection or like camaraderie right. between them. It's all just the like the the bad kind of melodrama. You know, the tortured, mm-hmm. forced. Uh, you yeah. know, super artificial stuff. It's you know, it's it's yeah. it's it definitely it feels like the kind of show that under or quote unquote understands. It thinks that oh well, at this point in the plot, the characters have to do and say X, Y, and Z, right? But mm-hmm. it's a thirteen episode anime, and they did not put any time into exploring the character dynamics you would need to like fulfill to yeah. properly execute on that stuff later. Yeah, it's like the more I'm thinking about, it, I was like, "What did they waste their time on?" I, I, I can hardly even remember anything that happened. Bullshit, in this show at this point. Like, it's just yeah. like there were two whole episodes that were theoretically focused on Chris and what's his name, uh, Finn, um, but just the content of those episodes is so forgettable and like yeah. underwhelming that, like, even though they they did give time to this relationship they didn't actually do anything with the time yeah well just is it ridiculous is it safe to say we're not gonna watch season two at this it point? is safe to say i'm not gonna watch season two yeah. yeah yeah it's a shame but yes they um well yeah, pour they one just... out. <laughs> no go ahead Sig. i was just like they they didn't Cap, like the show feels like it's torn between being about three things at once, and it's yeah. not good at any of them as a result. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's only one thing. There's only one thing High Card was good at, and uh, we we should all pour one out for all Lucky Lunchman. Yep. Yeah. Which was like the first five minutes of the series. Yeah. Right? I mean, I think I, I think I was saying when we were watching like the last couple episodes, I was like, "What mm. happened to Anime Vegas?" That right? was a fun like setting, like, and then we immediately ditched it for anime London, right? Yeah, yeah. which like to be clear, to be clear, anime also versions, okay. Anime yeah. versions of real world cities can sometimes work out great. See Blood Blockade Battlefront and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Double Decker, where it's just anime yeah. New York City, right? Sometimes that <laughs> works, yeah. but but when episode one is like, oh, high flying, crazy anime Vegas hijinks. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 the actual answer the is that episode one is the only good episode of the show, right? <laughs> because it's the only one that like has the energy and ascends to the heights of silliness. It's that we the made. like right. our hands are stuck together. Episode yes, was okay. yes, that was the other good episode. Uh, yeah, I mean, that no, no, no yeah, you know what, Zig, you're, you're right because by the end when they got into the okay, anime no, yeah, sick, that, that stuff's true. Yeah, little you're sister, right, you're right. They, the they first half of that episode. Yes. Yeah. The first half, the of, first that half of that episode is like a solid, like two chapter, like one off JoJo villain, you know, like <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Uh, let's uh, well, I, let's end our end our disappointment here with uh-huh. um, Trigun Stampede. Oh baby, the most disappointing of all, Trigun Stampede. 
So, so this also got some kind of continuation announced, but the details have not unclear been clear. What exactly? They just said unclear there will be more. Point, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. We don't know if it's a movie or a second season or a or a or or a, I don't know an app exclusive web novel. We don't know what know. it is yet. But um, <laughs> announcement that production game. on a quote final phase unquote of the series has yes. been greenlit. What does that mean? Maybe they'll make a mango of it. And <laughs> even more confusing because of how Trigood Stampede ends. Um, right. So, so, yeah. The, the, Hero, you, oh, you want to go? The end of the, the show is basically they confront knives and do some fighting in the mind's eye stuff and, you know, stop knives' plan of killing all humans and, you know, shooting out a bunch of new plants everywhere. Right, and you know they. Everyone scatters. The July incident has occurred. Vash's bounty is now sixty billion double dollars. Uh, he's out in the desert somewhere. Uh, Meryl gets a call that someone named Millie Thompson's going to uh, join up with her, and uh, we and we get a card that says, and then instead of an episode number, it says number zero. Oh, it's, so, it's always great when you end a show saying, oh no, seriously guys, now the good bit. So they did the thing, they they basically did multiple variations of the thing I suspected, which is that Trigun Stampede is sort of an elaborate retelling, but also a pseudo-prequel to Trigun proper, right? Because yeah. right. the July incident is the inciting event of the original Trigun. It is the thing that gives Vash his $60 billion double dollar uh, uh bounty that makes him the, the humanoid typhoon. Right. But the problem is that they also shove in, you know, the introduction of Wolfwood in his backstory. Uh, 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 Vash's right. confront- final confrontation with knives. Uh, yeah. uh, if all you this like, stuff. Yeah. If you, like, take... If you examine... If you expect things to happen in, like, a logical manner, how could this possibly be the beginning when all of that shit's already happened? So... Right. They tried to make both a prequel and a remake at the same time. God, that's kind of what it feels like. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not necessarily against that idea because canon is overrated anyway, right? Right. Like, who who really cares? Like the the major issue seems to have been that kind of it's it's not good at doing those things. Right. No. I mean, okay. Look, as as the Final Fantasy VII remake defender, I love a like. <laughs> you say that like none of us have liked Final Fantasy VII remake. Oh, I don't know. You guys see pretty down on it every time we talk about it. But I, I digress. I again, I was open to Trigun trying this, right? Because again, I look, I love the original manga, but I'll, I'll say it every time. I academically recognize that simply doing Trigun Brotherhood. It would be mm-hmm. like a nearly like David production JoJo esque undertaking, right? It would be a project that a studio would have to commit to for like the next five to ten years. It's also, the manga's a- kind of a calamity in multiple ways, you know, like ju- just I, I, just in terms of being very messy. Sure, yeah. I mean, I, I think I think by the end of Maximum, I think it it, it smoothens everything out. But sure. again, it's it's. It's more, I understand that the length and the complexity, and yeah, to a certain ex- extent, the messiness of the source material would make like a proper one to one anime adaptation difficult without, like, you know, I don't know, angel investor money just coming out of nowhere, right? So I get the point of why Stampede attempts the things it does. It just, it just to doesn't do it even well, it, man. Like, yeah. 
Like, it, yeah. So when it's saying there's going to be more, is that just like a joke that the <laughs> now you can no, go watch the original there anime? There's definitely or a post credits no, threat. There's definitely a post credits like, and here's what's going to happen next, uh, which had to be explained to me because I haven't read the manga and it really expects you to know what the hell they're talking about when right. uh, that stuff happens. Which again, like, it makes me think that Trigon Stampede is a bad introduction to new viewers, it, which then begs the question, why did you make yeah. it like this in the first place then? Yeah, I mean, that's like, what, kind of what we've been saying all along, is like, who is this for, right? Like, I mean, I mean I'll tell if, you who it's for. It's for the, like, 70% of my Twitter timeline who are fascinated with having knives and Vash bone each other. Like, <laughs> that's who it's for. I mean, even even to that extent, I don't think the Vash and knife stuff is handled particularly well in this interpretation of Trigun. I think... I, I think... I, I mean, I, I, who have less context, thought, okay. like, there were bits of it that I thought that I liked. and okay, But then, fair. like, as a whole, I... As a whole, it's like way too rushed, right? Like, yeah. And I think the Battle of the Mind's Eye stuff is kind of hackneyed. What I what I liked is probably more specifically when Knives is like at the very very end of that battle. Yes. Spoilers. Uh, at the very end of that battle, Knives is like, "Well, what's your fucking alternative then for like my master plan? You're so hell and stopping me. Like to what end?" And Vash is just like, "I'll come up with something later." basically and knives <laughs> yeah. is like are you kidding me right like, I mean, that's, it, that's it, the best you have fine i'll just vaporize myself on your angel arm because i can't believe this bullshit you know you are right Eero. i i think i should have given more credit i think that there are aspects of the vash and Eyes relationship that are handled well right because like yes the mm -hmm. you know the final confrontation is basically vash unlocks his angel arm you know and uh, uh, him and Knives have this kind of ridiculous DBZ fight through the city. Right. Um, They're sort of... Because, like, the angel arm in this is powered by the gate to the higher dimension that Knives wants to use to influence reality. Right. Yeah. And, and so... They're wrestling yeah, they're, they're, over it, yeah. And and there is an aspect that is done well, which is that, like, for all of Knives' sins, you know, his genocidal aims for the human race, he truly loves his brother. He, he truly truly loves Vash and when and, and and in many ways right Knives has Knives has had this thought in his head rent free for like set, centuries or at least a century right like what am I to do for the plants what am I supposed to do to save my people you know mm -hmm. and you know it's very much that contrast I mean there's the intentional ideal ideological divide between them right like what does Vash have to offer like against Vash's machination I mean against Knives's machinations his plans his ambitions what does Vash have to offer an alternative and the reality is all Vash has to offer is hope right is just his idealism that one day mankind can be better and Knives doesn't really have a good answer to that because he's like, really? That's it? Yeah. Right. And, but then we also arrive at this weird thing of like, yes, yeah, so Knives basically throws himself on Vash's proverbial sword to mm -hmm. become Vash's first technical kill, right? And this 
is weird because then the episode zero stuff happens and it's like, but... <laughs> I was going to say, if you're ending a show with the July incident, doesn't that mean you end with the death of like 100,000 people yeah. or something like that? And yes. they do commit to that, yes. So I yeah. was worried that they were going to do the whole, oh, everybody conveniently evacuated July in time. But yeah. no, they do say that Vash... Nas I mean, was his first kill. The rest of the city of July is his second yeah. through 100,000th <laughs> kill. Um, and so they have committed to that aspect. Yes, it's but, just like from what you've told me, like the stuff they were hinting at in the post credit stuff where like the Earth fleet has come answering the distress signal. From what you told me, like that entire plot line relies very heavily on knives being present there and so any follow-up is like where are you going with this it's weird I mean, like, like, you, you can bring him back like it's right. a sci-fi yeah. universe he's got yeah, clones he's got like yes. bodies yeah. the, the only the only explanation is that knives will just be revealed to be still alive like that's uh-huh. that's really all you can do and it's like i don't my mind body that, double dash. but it's then like but then why have all the drama about their final fight in the first place then you know i, I mean like i can't remember if i said this when we did like the first look and stuff like that but like honestly I, I always thought knives was one of the less interesting parts of Trigun, you know, and and like the idea that they devoted an entire series to like the Vash knives things is kind of off putting to me because I mean I think that the real Trigun is like all the fucking weirdos we meet along the way, right? It's right. kind of like I mean, JoJo in that regard. Yeah, it's it's the gung ho guns, it's the bondage freaks. That yeah. are all like determined to prove Vash's ideology incorrect through their own twisted means. I mean, Legato just kind of falls off the map, you know? Like Legato right. Blue Summers. Well, it's like, like, yeah. If you ask me who the big villain of Trigun is, I'm probably going to say Legato, honestly. He, right. Like, does not show up after like <laughs> in the last like, right. 40 episodes. As far as we know, he just left. Yeah, I mean, I think I think what didn't I say at the end of the last episode? I was like if their follow if their follow up for this is that like Legato takes upon himself the mantle of of millions knives or something like right. as the true believer like that's the way I see them trying to do it if they want knives to stay dead right it would certainly be an interesting angle I mean it's it's like obviously their powers are different so you'd have to find some way to like work around that but right. I definitely think that like, yeah I think killing knives prematurely to elevate legato into i mean this then makes legato sort of the poochie of trigus right the the true believer who inherits the uh-huh. will of the villain and i'll say this in a better executed version of trigus right. that would actually be a really exciting plot point like i would actually be legitimately super into that but the version of Tricon Stampede we've been given, I just, I just don't have a lot of faith. And and the last thing yeah. I'll say for it, just because I want to, you know, wrap this up, is I also, you know, we're talking about it being a prequel, but also a remake. And as a result, I find all of its cute nods to the original to be kind of off-putting to me. Like again, right. you know, in, in the last ten, the last five minutes of the final episode, name drop Millie Thompson. Um, during the final fight, just put uh, Millie because, in it. 
Yeah, right? Like, why be like, ha, 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 Millie will show up next time? It's like, just put, just put the I mean, it was super important. Show. It was super important we have boring moustache guy for this show. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, right. um, during the final fight with Knives, um, when Vash powers up his angel arm, his hair gets slicked up to look like the original oh, that's right, Vash's yeah. hair. Right. And yeah, it's I just did like, see shots of that program. It's like, so you know, you know what people want, and you're... I don't know. Right. I've never, I've never like, been a fan yeah. of that, like cute winking at the camera style. Cameo. I mean, it, especially in, and this isn't an anime problem, you know, it's a media problem. But like in the past, past decade or so, it's just become absolutely insufferable because everything does it all the time, right? Exactly. Like, you know, everything is a reference to something. Everything is a sequel. Right. Or I mean, at risk of talking about something utterly tangential to Trigun, like we were talking about this with like Resident Evil 4 remake, right? Where it will just not have some of the like goofy stuff from the original, right. and then, but then the the achievement you get for beating that chapter is a reference to the wacky thing from the original, right? right? Like the like the, the just name of the achievement, thus showing is... that they know that you like that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, oh, the achievement's called the big cheese, but the line's not in the game itself. And it's like, so, you know people like that stuff, but you don't think it's worth putting into the work anymore. Like, it's fine as a cute reference, but we've moved past such things. And it's like, I don't know, it never, it it doesn't leave a good taste in, in the mouth, I guess is all I can really say. Like, right. Yeah. Like, like I mean, either it, acknowledge it, it, that stuff or just don't and do your own thing. Like, entirely I mean, separate. It's the- it's the flip side of doing a reference thing, right? Like in an ideal world, it is, hey, look, we remember the thing you remember. But in in like when the current thing is not that great, it's, hey, remember the thing that you like that was so much better than this. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't that doesn't help either, right? Yeah, I mean, if the thing is good and they put in like you know one little wink, okay, fine. Sure. But then when it's like, hey, mm-hmm. we could have done this all along, folks, <laughs> it would probably would have been better. A shine. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, it's a shame. I mean, it was it felt like a very like it was such a well made, ambitious type project, right? And just mm-hmm. for what? I, I mean, I yes, I, I know there are the people that that did like it, but I feel like mostly is either pissing off people who like the original or people like me that were that didn't know anything were just completely confused and turned off by it. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, again, I just don't think it's that great of an introduction. To Trigun. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. Enough of last season. I can't I can't hold back anymore. We got to get yeah. into the new season and we got to talk about mm-hmm. the most important event of, you know, possibly the, I don't know, the decade, all time. I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, Birdie Wait. Wing, Birdie Wing Golf Girl story is back. It's speaking back, about baby. the resurrection of an icon. Yes, uh, <laughs> like I said before. Yeah, yes, but uh, yeah, still the greatest television program of all time. The audacity, sure. the mm. audacity of this show to just kick up an episode fourteen as if no time has passed at all. I was hey, man, telling you, that's what I want. That's what I want. I looked at the dates from when we last watched Birdie Wing. It was like the end of June of last year. It's been nearly 10 months. Yeah, it's been almost a year. Yeah. Yep. And, and it's just uh, like, yep, we're the, back the in the reminder, tournament. Right, the reminder that they, they stopped in the middle of some tournament. 
Yeah, they're like literally on the golf course still, yeah. right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they they even kept the opening the same, pretty much. Yeah, you know? yeah. We, we just, you know, we started up the show again. Like they quite literally put that show on a shelf for a year, <laughs> let it collect dust. So somebody at sunrise was like, "Oh, word, this thing's still here." <laughs> we were talking about earlier, you know, uh-huh. shows that have an idea and don't know how to handle it, or. Uh-huh. Writers yes. not understanding what the people want. Birdie mm. Wing knows what the, what they're doing, and they know what the people want. <laughs> they know what they want. More references to killing people in golf. <laughs> oh my god! Because yes. like within the first five minutes, we get the the call back to uh, Eve rewarding uh, Aoi with a kiss. Uh, with a kiss, yeah. Yes, and then um, the greatest line ever when Coach Amaro is like, uh, you know, to use your favorite term, he killed me in golf. <laughs> Like, you know, also, my favorite term, which I used once. Also, also, like let's let's tell you know they know they know what they people know, are saying out there. Also, yeah. they know also what I, the people we want. have to point out that like so, so gel the context you're giving there, right? Is that I mean, so hey, real quick synopsis for those of you who don't listen to this podcast regular regularly, don't understand why Birdie Wing is our favorite show. Birdie mm-hmm. Wing is 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 the golf girl anime. All right, that's it. That's all you need to know. Yes. So. The whole point is like Amaro is meeting with Eve, right? Like after the after the round of the tournament, right? To explain that ah, that Amaro also knows uh, Char Aznabol or Leo, I think is his name in the show, right? Uh-huh. Whatever. And Char reveal uh-huh. that Amaro and Char actually dueled once in golf years ago, <laughs> and that Amaro was permanently maimed in this experience. And also, don't don't forget that the flashback depicts them like on an island being drowned in a storm. Yeah, like like, yeah. Like, yeah. Gol- golfing in a hurricane. Yeah, it's so and, like, good. The waves come up and consume whirlpools. Like, like, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, it's it's so good. And uh, then I never held a golf club again. And then, like two minutes but... later, we proceed to see him holding a golf club. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it's yes. metaphorical. Yes, of course. Yes. Uh, also, just the number of times people say in Zazone this episode. <laughs> in yes. Zazone. So, yes. Yeah, so, so in, in the, Zazone's uh, most powerful ability, in Zazone deep. deep. Yes. <laughs> yes, so, in yes, Zazone deep. colon keep deep. Right. Uh, yo, yes. man. So yeah, uh, the, the the plot of this opening episode is that they're going against their next opponents in the round. Uh-huh. Uh, another this is girl's like the quarterfinals or something. Yeah, right. yeah, and they're so going up against. Um, they're going to go. Oh, they're going up against the two girls with stands. Right, one is mm-hmm. the zone, and the other is the line. And uh-huh. together they specialize at finding the most optimal path towards uh-huh. the hole. Right? Without in but, the zone, I'm just an ordinary golfer. <laughs> but. Using the zone puts mental strain on its yes. user and thus cannot be overused. And in the zone deep is uh, even more strenuous on the user. No, and I, kind of like expect, use... I expected her to stop bleeding from her eyeballs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I was so sure she was going to start doing the anime oh, bleeding thing. Also, like, also, the girl has a grudge against Coach Abro because he told her that she shouldn't rely on in the zone mm-hmm, and right. should instead develop her skills without it to become a better yes. golfer. Yeah, look, if like you can't overuse fun. the Kaioken technique, it's yeah. too dangerous. But if you, you know, if you improve your base capabilities, then the Kaioken technique becomes more powerful. Yeah. Right. Sort of but she, was like, she was like, fuck that, and yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I'll use my crazy cheap power as much I'm as I built can. different. Mm-hmm. I, I do feel, I, I am kind of glad that as we've gotten more into, like, <laughs> 
quote unquote normal golf normal scenarios. Golf? They're they're the adding more thing, ridiculous right. powers. Yes. Right, so like right, right, we right. the reference to we've only seen five of Eve's seven bullets. Yes, <laughs> yes. And we see the sixth. This, we see the sixth episode. one in this right. episode. Um, and to right. form, it is just I hit the ball really hard. <laughs> yeah. But so, are, are they so are they implying that there is a spectrum of golf colors that anybody can access and Eve just happens to have learned all of them because like I have no fucking idea because like well, in the know, zone, when, when, when they're right. using in the like, zone oh, she also use the orange power <laughs> Eve's oh, like oh she yeah. has the orange power and yeah, it's like that's orange, true. is it the fact color. that she can use one of the colors that makes her a powerful golfer but Eve I is mean, like the is best this, because she can I mean, use seven colors I, I was telling Eero is Eve literally Jotaro with Star Platinum and right. is this a case of ah Star Platinum can yeah. also operate in Zawarudo yeah in the <laughs> like zone Eve, yeah Eve can perceive the zone I'm like, just wondering if it, of- it is if is it is going to be like JoJo where everyone gets a stand now like we just yeah. everyone is going to have a color right. we'll see there, there's a couple of other things worth pointing out as well firstly there is the shot in the credits that confirms that like Eve's hagger ons are eventually going to confront each other in an arm wrestling match secondly um, if I were a bookmaker I'd be getting ready to pay out to you about now mm. Joe just saying. You know, <laughs> given what we learned at uh, the end of this episode, the secret sisters are yes, the whatnot. secret yes. sisters. Yeah, yeah. Time to add sisters. time to add a new tag to the time to add the incest tag to all the fanfics. Oh well, <laughs> I don't so know. here's my like crazy pie in the sky Let's thing that, that I was formulating about. over the past Is, day. Okay, so. Let, let me guess quickly. Female, female, younger clone. No. Okay. I think that's my. I think I'm. I'm in the clone camp. <laughs> I wrote. You have something else, right? Uh, switched at birth type deal Ooh. because Ooh. like oh. Leo is is Eve's true father. Uh, you know, <clears throat> with Owie's mother. Dropped something, sorry. Uh, <clears throat> Leo is like her, her true father, that was mother or something, and, you know, the Aoi's father and the mysterious faceless woman <laughs> in the, the mind zone uh, are Aoi's true parents. They were sort of switched at birth, so you have the thing of, like, Eve is the one who's the genetic golf freak, and uh, Aoi is the one who simply had... Pure ca- the, best, pure heart the best training, the pure yeah. heart of yeah. that loves golf, right? Right. So you uh, think Charles Aznavour is Eve's natural father? Well, yeah, no, I, I, I think I, you're onto something, not, though. Okay, because I think you're onto something. I will say, just so we're all on the same page here, uh, mm. when Eve activates Orange Bullet, which yeah. uh, causes like, mental strain, me head, excuse me, a it reawakens yeah. her latent memories, and one of them is what appears to be a ch- Eve as a child with <laughs> Aoi's father, right? Yeah. Uh, Amuro's brother, uh, right? Kazuki the only man to ever defeat Leo Milfoden yes. in golf. Yes. yes, exactly. Right. So I mean, wait, is he also Amuro's brother? Yeah, I yes. did not realize that. Yes, Amuro's brother took his wife's. Um, family name. Right. Yes, I think okay. they established that right. Uh, because he was just a golf monster, but it was Aoi, uh, Aoi, nominally Aoi's mother who was the like golf conglomerate uh, uh, sure. Yeah. Um, 
so there's definitely, I mean, it's, cl- I mean, whatever. We're all just like idly speculating about, I mean, this show. Yeah. <laughs> knows, this show man. doesn't care. Uh-huh. This show doesn't care about our speculation. This show doesn't care no, about no, like not. logic or reason. It's no, I think, I think, I think I was onto something because but, but yes. Um, Amuro does ask, yeah. why did Leo train you? And she doesn't know. Like, there has to be some reason. And if Well, so he... that's why I also think it could still be possible that Eve is the child of Amuro's brother and an unknown woman, right? Because Again, yeah. I, I'm just pointing out as an alternative. Or, right? or because... Coach Amuro is always true father. Right. Uh, Are we still doing something like they did the whole lock, they did like... They did the thing where, you know, she, when she falls over and, you know, he's like, oh, Aoi, and we get the whole thing where student council presence like he's he used her first name yeah yes. yeah that's he's true. very that's he's very true. protective of Aoi. yeah yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. we do have uh, we have been saying uh Aoi's mother looks suspiciously like eve like yep. eve yes yes so yeah. is it like so is it th- are you suggesting it, I mean, that both Aoi's mother and Aoi's father cheated on people and <laughs> so like, why not <laughs> that would I mean, be that saying... would be appropriately like yes. Sopranos esque right. for what they do. I mean, very Telenova, right? Um, yeah. But uh, well, the main reason I, I I think that the the I think Eve being the child of Leo is a definitely a real contender in in the betting pool. I would just I just want to also point out that uh, Eve being the child of Amaro's brother would also lead Leo to saying, "Oh, so you're the kid, right? As in, you're the kid right, of the right. man who 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 defeated me, right?" So, yes. Yes. Could be I he's training, training her to get his ultimate revenge or, or, yes, or something. Yeah. Right. Also, we're talking about all yeah. of this. We got to point out, Aoi didn't even get her kiss. It's true. You know? It's like, true. Uh, Don't give up, Eve, Aoi. Eve promised. <laughs> Eve promised Aoi you'll get a kiss if you make less mistakes than me. And Eve is almost gleefully like, ha ha, you made the same number of mistakes. No kiss for you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, you we... do to get a lot of hamburgers, though. Apparently, yes, oh, yeah. yes, and yeah. uh, we have All a great day where, as Eero was was alluding to, where Aoi is curled up in a ball after the golf match, and to all the Gundam heads in the room. She is curled up specifically in the same way Amuro was after suffering from intense PTSD after, after sure. a battle. Sure. Like the same yep. pose of like her knees up like that, arms around them, is like a dead-on recreation of that Amuro scene. Uh, and I will say again, the one thing this episode was missing was any obscure Gumpla appearances. Uh, yeah. So. Not quite, but I, I, mean, I will say... You know, to, to, to what you mentioned earlier, Zig, I'm very happy they show that the Nefrese kids are in the OP because yeah. it would be a shame if they no longer showed up. Like, I, I, I do miss mm-hmm. their antics, so I hope okay, so they get up Here's some my theory. Okay. Uh-huh. Birdie Wing uh-huh. is taking place on Earth while Witch from Mercury is uh-huh. taking place in space. Well. Mm-hmm. And the reason <laughs> everybody hates Earthians so much is that it's a society that's become obsessed by golf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, and like, so, so like people who were bad at golf fled into space to be yeah, good at robots cope. instead. Yes. Yeah. So I assume, obviously, this show doesn't give a fuck at all. <laughs> Using the flag as a net, I assume that's hella illegal. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. That's insanely illegal. Like that's like that's like some mini golf shit. Like that. Oh, so is... it's not how it's not how physics work. So yeah. well, like... it's the orange bullet. You know it's... Yeah. Uh, just, Who yeah. could say what the physical properties of the orange bullet are? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. As far as we can tell, it's just Eve hit ball hard. But uh, yeah. But yes. But, but yes. Like the 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 follow up I was saying earlier is like 
if, if that's if if all that bullshit prediction i said earlier is the case then like because the, they've sort of had a thing where aoi is like you know the talented one but she is not as good not quite as good as eve broadly you know she doesn't have super she doesn't have any color weekend you know right. yeah and also we built this thing up with this these two that they're facing of like uh, one of them's holding one of them is holding the other back all right Right, that's sort of the the through line of this week's episode, right? Both mm-hmm. teams have a quote-unquote weak link in their duo. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if by the end of the show, you know, Aoi can finally defeat even Golf <laughs> or something, I mean, you right? know, this is, this, is, this is why Aoi uses the 48-incher, right? Uh-huh. It couldn't even be called a golf club, more like a slab of <laughs> iron. <laughs> the 48-incher golf driver. <laughs> Before we finish up, don't forget the bit where Eve is trying to line up the shot, and it shows her holding a literal sniper rifle. Oh, yeah. Yes, like, yes. yes, and so like cool. it has like it has like the golf flag, but in a sniper rifle sight. I I, like, I need what I need the show to do is it will do that whole bit uh, with like the scope and stuff, but then like you zoom out and someone else on the course is holding a real gun to shoot somebody, <laughs> right? I mean, yes, we've been we've been saying this from the beginning, right? At yeah. some point, somebody needs to to deflect a bullet with a golf ball. Uh, that too, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness, I'm glad so the show, show's back. Yeah, I'm glad the show's back. I'm glad it's still just intensely silly. Yes, <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah, welcome back, right. Birdie Wing. Zone. Yes, welcome back, Birdie Wing. Uh, now that we've got our anime of the year locked in place. <laughs> uh, you know, we'll. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to whatever ridiculous speculation we will have in the coming weeks. Oh, as, yes. uh, and I, I, I'm going to guess it's whatever we're guessing is going to be wrong, and it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, let's go right. to a, a new show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let's talk about Heavenly Delusion. Yes. Uh, and. Uh, yeah, so I'll G let you guys from, start on this one. <laughs> yeah, so G, uh, according to you know the preview show, this is another one of your uh, manga you are not expecting to get a adaptation rate, but uh, that and not one that looks this fucking good. Holy shit! Yeah, it's real. Looks it's real good. Nice looking. That's that, um, that's that Disney money, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I saw oh, you so, it up. Oh. You're probably going to say the same thing, G, but go ahead. Yeah. Uh, probably not, actually. I, I was going to say, oh, okay. so I did look it up. Um, at least, I think that they, they got out on Twitter and they confirmed some of Heavenly Delusion's backgrounds are traditional uh, watercolor background. Like, wow. that okay. they then, like, digitally process, like, afterward. Impressive. Yeah. So, I mean, in that regard, yeah. I, it's, it's really surprising in 2023... Uh, not since the likes of Little Witch Academia have we gotten some <laughs> old school hand painted backgrounds. Yeah. So, from coming in, you know, as myself coming in as knowing absolutely nothing about this. All right. Same here. Um, it's it's an interesting combination of like what feels like two different types of post apocalyptic things, which I'm sure are going to be related in some way, but currently mm-hmm. aren't yet 
but you've kind of got the the you know creepy utopian school thing going on right versus the you know more traditional post-apocalyptic survival road trip right story going on and i'll admit it took me a little while to like kind of figure out and in some ways i'm still kind of trying to understand like what's particularly unique about this like it's very well done but like and and in some ways maybe that combination is something that's a bit unique um but but as far as them like you know the the post-apocalyptic post-apocalyptic road trip thing i feel like that's something we've seen a lot of but Mm -hmm. it is very well done though and I, i think the the i like the um you know, I like the characters, which I think is very important. They have an interesting relationship. Um, and yeah, I think the other thing is maybe watch the first two episodes because the by the end of episode two, that's where I think I was starting to get the answer to my question. But this is necessary. Like this yes. is one of those where I almost <laughs> go as far as say Heavenly Delusion probably should have been a two parter. Should have been a double double. Mm. Yeah. Because because I don't I don't think you should I I like I wouldn't have condensed down anything to like fit, fit every, all right, that right. in one episode. So it's I, already think it, condensing a lot. <laughs> yeah, right. I, you told me that like fine, yeah. but like in terms of like getting to a point where like okay, there's some mm-hmm. things going on here. But mm-hmm. Ira, what did you think? I am very intrigued. I I'm curious where they're going. I think because yeah, I think it's very well made, and it's one of those shows that's like bringing up a lot of questions and sort of stringing you along with those questions, right? Um, Yeah, as I sort of said in my first look post, like, Heavenly Delusion is definitely the type of work that is... It is hoping that the strength of its mystery is enough to paper over any, like, more, like, pressing exposition question uh, questions you would like to have answered, right? Like, right. it's not a show or a story that's particularly interested in, at least right now, immediately saying, this is what's going on, this is who these people are, et cetera, et cetera, right? It's, it's, it's sort of taking a bit of glee in stringing you along with the mystery. Yeah, and I, I like the pace of that, of what the, uh, how mm-hmm. they've been revealing information so far. I think that's been good. Um. Yeah, I also appreciate it's not like too serious. There's some like there's still some joy left in the world, I guess. Right. Yeah, like I mean, that's sort of what makes it work, right? Is that Maru and Kiriko have a very good dynamic, right? Like, yeah, there's there's some like genuinely funny kind of goofy bits, uh, but not enough to like <laughs> right. take you out it's of. Funny the one because like the show is like really lavish character animation a lot of the time. So of course, like the one time where they're rafting across the water and he's like are there any sharks or alligators here and even though the show is so well animated most of the time it does the like shitty low frame rate crossfade yes. with her face <laughs> yes. when she's like when, when they're like oh shit <laughs> right <laughs> dangerous animals right yeah right. It's, yeah it's it's a show that understands that sometimes less frames is better yeah yeah but no, I think I, I I always appreciate when something that could be like a really like melodramatic sort of dour type of story, mm-hmm. you know, finds humanity in it, right? Like that yeah, makes totally. it so much more compelling. That you know, I think that's the kind of thing that makes me more invested in 
wanting to know what these mysteries are. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, whereas in other shows, I would just be like, I don't care. Like, okay, there's some weird kids and some some horny kids in some school somewhere. I don't know. But, <laughs> yeah, like, those kids are, uh, you know, they're they're, uh, they're, they're they're learning they're, new they're, things. They are learning new things pretty quickly in that second episode, huh? <laughs> yeah. So you know, I, I it's just the yeah the, that kind of execution is really appreciated uh, for something that I you know we've seen many many other shows try these things and and fail at doing them while keeping your interest. Um, you know, combine that combined with it just looking amazing just all the time, but. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh huh. I wanted to, <laughs> I did want to mention, Zig, you said the, the Disney money. I, yes, I did. I realized, so this is globally available on Disney Plus, but not in America. Mm -hmm. Oh. <laughs> Wait, what? Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. We've been caught red handed. <laughs> it is only available on Hulu in America. Other English-speaking countries under the Japanese title. Uh, oh, it's really remember. funny. Yeah, oh, it's you can't yeah. You, you, <laughs> yes, you have to look for that and not Heavenly Delusion. Oh, that's really funny. Is that just America or all English? Just America. Just I got. I got to update the first look post. I guess <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. funny. I was like, there's some stuff in here that's that Disney folks would probably not be happy with. I so I, 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 I'm there. There's it's weed. probably there's I, weed. I think, it's an anime that just has weed in it. We are straight up growing weed in episode two. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> um, no, I, I think it's probably just a, a licensing rights thing. It's, a license. sure, it's, right? a, it's sure, always sure. as always. It's a licensing thing. Uh -huh. uh, I mean, Disney Plus. Plus's anime tends to yeah. be on Hulu, like relegated yeah. to Hulu. Also, like. There is that I feel like there is probably some elements of is this another Kingdom Hearts situation of <clears throat> Disney is not paying particularly close attention to what Disney Japan is doing? <laughs> right, right. like Disney Plus also got Bleach, right? So yeah. it's like there's an element of like does does the head know what the the, the limbs are doing? <laughs> situation. I, I will say that out like. Disney's reality distortion field is not mm. quite as strong outside of the States as it True. is in the States, if that makes sense. Oh, like, yeah. like, don't get me wrong, there's still a lot of propaganda, but it's not quite as overwhelming as it is. Mm -hmm. in, well, uh, and again, as we sort of said, right, like this is not a Netflix original in scare quotes situation, right? Disney is simply licensing the show. They are not involved in the production of heavenly delusion in any way whatsoever, at least as far as I know. Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to say to their credit, but it's, it, they're not dumping the whole thing on us, right? It is yes. actually getting, that released. is also the other thing. I, I am uh, so yeah. thankful. This is weekly. Yeah. On the flip side, even I don't uh, have Hulu anymore, so I don't know if people are, <laughs> I don't know if people are actually going to watch this, but, uh, if you're listening to this, I highly recommend watching it by whatever means you would find suitable to watch it. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been the it's a, it's a really intriguing first couple episodes. Yes, there's the the whole yeah. It did take me a bit to to realize. I know because I know you said it in like the preview, and I was like trying to keep an eye out for it, and it didn't really connect with me until. Until Maru was literally talking about it, they're like, "Oh right, 
Tokyo is supposed to be the kid who looks the same as Maru. Because yeah. of the art the art style the is art just style, art, yeah. the art style is just art style and like their hair is different. Right. <laughs> I, I will right. say this this is one aspect where I think the manga did it a little bit better because mm-hmm. um being black and white, uh, yes, right. you couldn't tell that their hair is different colors. Right. And you could like, just inst- you could and you can do like a match cut or something. I yeah, and so I think the manga actually does quite literally do something of like it centers on Maru's face and yeah, yeah. It, it centers on Tokyo's face and then hard cuts to Maru. Right. And I don't, I didn't that. quite get that from the first two episodes. Yeah. I think that's an aspect where maybe the anime did not do as clear of a job of, yeah, of establishing that. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't I mean, even know what to say. But it's just like, yeah, it's, it's definitely a definitely a show. I think you have to watch to really. It's kind of hard. It's one of the harder ones I think to explain both yeah. in not wanting to give things away and also just like a lot of it is just the the mood and atmosphere and how they reveal things that you just don't get from dudes on a podcast trying to describe <laughs> it. So yeah. You should probably just go check it out yourselves, folks. Wow. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, yeah. I think it is definitely assuming they can keep it up and assuming they can do well with the source material. I think, I think if nothing else, heavenly delusion will be the, will be one to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, as 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 the manga reader, gee, has there been any like so far any like big pain points of oh no they're screwing this up or not not necessarily screwing up but more as I as you as you sort of alluded to a little bit earlier the pacing is uh, I mean I'm glad that you guys didn't seem to feel this but right they are making judicious cuts to. So I think I, I think you can even go back to the original to, to the to the previous podcast where I said, and Twitter discourse for this show is going to be miserable around episode three or four. And uh, the moment <laughs> uh, so I was you're talking, talking about, about the reveal at the end of episode, episode two. Yes, that's what I was yes. talking about. Okay, um, a little quicker than I would have expected, to be honest. Um, so and. I, I did a quick reread of the early chapters of the manga, and my understanding is where they're mainly cutting is, like, they're cutting out a lot of the, like, less relevant texture of the facility half of the story. Like... Right. Okay. Like, the facility half is still... They're still, like, showing the main narrative points of it, you know, communicating that, okay, regardless of what's these kids' deal, you can understand that there's something going on with these kids, right? They are unusually Mm -hmm. physically resilient and agile and uh, maybe have psychic powers to a certain extent, right? Like, but they are cutting out a lot of the, like, more day-to-day, like, exploration of, like, what life is like in the facility, right? Right, which which is a shame, obviously, because it means you lose some texture. But at the same time, you know, I think it's important to you know suit the story to the medium and honestly i think mm-hmm. i'd be more worried if you were like oh no they've cut nothing out at all every single panel is in there you know? yeah <laughs> sure. yeah i i will say like i i think i'll bring it up next time because i don't want to quite give it away now but there is a thing that there is a thing that maru notices about kiriko in one of the earlier chapters that the anime did not mention that mm. would serve as good foreshadowing for something I think Kiriko will tell us in either the next episode or the episode after. But 
so so again it's it's like it's not necessarily it's not necessarily that like big like plot elements are being removed but it's more like the transition the the, the in between sort of yeah are sort of being plucked out which is maybe making some of the transitions a little bit more abrupt but since you guys don't seem to be really right noticing it i think it's i think it's within the realms of tolerance so mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean from what i've seen so far i've been i've had no issue with like the pacing or feeling like anything's been left out i guess if you were to ask me like if you were to ask me to care more about what's going on at the school than i currently do that might be an issue if they're cutting stuff (laughs) so so yeah maybe Mm. it's stuff like that right or yeah but it seems like at this point in the story that's not as important maybe but yeah maybe that maybe that will come back to bite us later i don't know right so that's like one of those things of like right now these cuts are fine it's a thing of like, well, eventually the facility section will take up a pretty major portion of the plot line. And I guess it's like, well, when we get to that bridge, uh, you know, will we have enough gas left in the tank to cross it? Right. And I guess yeah. we'll, uh, we'll see Gotta how that the piper. Yeah. 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 All right. So we'll check that out. And uh, there's uh, some interesting stuff going on. In interesting that. Damn, that OP is cool. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good OP. I was just thinking, I feel like it's been a while since we've had like a real like banger OP or ED. Maybe that's just me. I'm trying to think of like the last like really good one, but that 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 that, that one is pretty good though. At 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 risk of invoking the name, uh, that one Chainsaw Man ED for the like hotel episode was really good. I I liked the Chainsaw Man OP as well. I think that went pretty hard. That was all right. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> I will say that I'm very, I will say that I'm very fond of the new uh, witch from Mercury. Yes, ED. that's what yes. I was about to say. Yeah, uh, yep. <laughs> the, the, OP, the OP sucks. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it is. I gotta say, by Gundam standards, the second OP is not. It ain't hitting like Yoasabi does. Yeah, right. Well, it's just like fine, right? Yes. So hot off, hot off the presses. You guys were mm. watching this literally. As you were enjoying the podcast. This recording started slightly late because I was watching the episode. Uh, Mobile Suit Gundam, The Witch for Mercury, has also returned. Uh, We got our first episode back, and Mm -hmm. I would say for all those folks thinking that we were done with the school stuff. <laughs> we were all wrong. Yeah, we were I, I, did all not, wrong. I did not think we were done with the school stuff. Right. I, I'm disappointed to be right. Well, I, I didn't think we were done with the school stuff per se, but man, what a hard cut back into it. Yeah, <laughs> it like... yeah. yeah this is... Yeah, it, it's definitely... We literally... like the, the last thing we saw was literally the whole thing with Suleta squashing that dude and that whole and her and, covered and, in blood and everything yeah. and there's and like no transition the yeah they do the thing which we worried about which is they kind of gloss over it a bit like yeah the, the, like they address it a little bit at the end of the episode but it, even then it's mostly to just kind of like brush it <clears> aside hey remember yeah, when I, remember when Ichiro Kochi wrote the first episode of Code Geass R2 which completely ignored the massive cliffhanger of Kokius, oh, okay, but, but oh, that at fuck. least that at least was the had the bonus of what the fuck is going on here. I know, yeah, I know. So, yeah, in this, so in this is okay. So in this situation, I mean, to their credit, they do. 
I, I think they give you the little burst of the duels and, and what's going on at school as a like, hey, we're oh, back dude, in the saddle. I, I, I love thing. the jobber squad in the first five minutes of this episode. <laughs> yeah, all these, all these like, weird ass looking like, so, so, every right. Every mech looks more expendable than the previous one. <laughs> So once once they get us back in the saddle in those first few minutes, uh, they do acknowledge that like there's things are not even though they look the same, things are not the they same. They are not right? the same. Yes. Yeah. So this is this there's is where a, I, a hush my, order. My, yeah. my optimistic yeah. hope is that my 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 optimistic hope with this episode is that we are doing a little bit of a status quo reset to sort of get people back into the groove of G Witch. Yeah. And, and I will say that they they open up several intriguing new plot lines here, which yes. is a good sign. And that is the thing, right? Like the the reason why I'm not willing to like I, I'm not super disappointed in the status quo reset is because it is not quite a reset, right? Like we we are shown through multiple <clears throat> perspectives, right? That things have permanently changed about the Benaret group, about the school, like you know. <laughs> Poor Turk mm-hmm. Industries is in shambles. <laughs> you know, yes. their Scion and their CEO are dead or missing. Uh, Lauda's taking over, and clearly the other corporations see this as open season, right? Yeah, blood, like blood in the great, water, right? Yeah. We get that great board meeting where they're like, "Huh, how come your suits showed up at that false flag operation?" And it's we're, like, "We're looking into it. We're looking right. into and it's it." Like, <laughs> Yeah, and it's like, you know, yeah. Shadik this whole time is just like, you know, being this smug piece of shit. Be like, yeah, that's right. I bought your suits to fund a false flag operation. I didn't actually recognize him. I didn't actually recognize him with his hair, oh, hair done yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and, and I do like that clearly the characters in universe understand that, like, the returning to the school is at best a pretense, right? It is a pretense of normalcy because, like, at this point, like real Elan is just out there, right? Like we are no like like he is not like trying to pretend to be old Elan, right? He is just you know frivolous well, playboy. Well, he Elan. is, but like he's not attempting to imitate him. If that right, makes sense, so. you know, um, uh, uh, we have that interesting bit with Shadik where Shadik's father knows about the false flag. But Shadik is clearly not forthcoming about the full extent of the false flag. Yeah, right? there, there's some decent you know, I know, you know uh, right. stuff going um, on there. You know, I do like, you know, that... In This is the thing where I was talking about with Eero. I think this episode proves mm. that, like, G-Witch is an insanely economic show. Like, it, it it makes good with very little, right? Like, there, like, some characters have, like, less than 30 seconds of screen time in this episode, and we still get, like, a great amount of insight into their thoughts and feelings yeah, about the current situation. Yeah, I, I mean, I, and, I think the trade-off of that is that, like, for, like, quite a lot of the background characters, we're falling into the whole, uh, you can't just have your characters say how you feel, that makes me feel angry. Thing, <laughs> yes you know, know like, I, I, it's like... again i i totally agree zig and again i think you know i you know i can't believe the i'm saying this like, about a modern if, if you only have 30 seconds for a scene with this character then right. you have them says say how they feel right right because it's like yes i would love the version of this story that had like a full episode to devote to the earth kids <laughs> trying having to... ptsd Yes, like deal with like the things they have seen. I mean, and the, the reality they, they is... do at least give Nika plenty of screen time, which is the important choice. Right. There, you, you know, know. Mm-hmm. like 
you know, so like kind of the big plot thing that happens, right, is that the witches from Earth have showed up at Astakazia, right? Transfer students. Yeah, Hi, everybody. They, they go from naught to murder real fast here. I yes. am so glad, because, like, me and Iro were sort of discussing, like, okay, is this a long-term plot line or a short-term one, right? Like, are we going to deal with these two infiltrators, like, two Earth House infiltrators for, like, the next seven episodes? Or are they no just way. here to, like, stick around long enough to commit a terrorist act and then bail. <laughs> and Right. So th- there's there's two things regarding them I want to talk. One is, I think, like, the fact that they don't fuck around is really good. Um, I will say that the bit where they try and kill Nika and Suleta comes in and fucking power slides the Zeta <laughs> is incredibly badass. It's so badass that I was like, wait, this is completely out of character. Um, right, so like, Saleta has filled with a brand new confidence after reducing yeah. a man to Chunky Falza. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they have um, been kind of foreshadowing her new found like yes. attempt to be the leader, uh, right? The other yeah. thing is, I think the ending of this episode fucking sucks. Oh, where they're like, oh, well, yeah, we will do leave. Instead that's of up. murdering you, we will have a fun duel. Like, <laughs> right. yeah, and that, that this, I... might, this might be me giving the show too much credit, uh, with what I'm about to say, but I sure. think. Establishing that one of them was totally willing to just step on Suleta in the hangar means that they can. It's sort of is holding a lighter up to a fuse, right? It's like, oh, actually, I'm willing to flout the rule at any time. time. Right. 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 I I just kind of feel like that they went too far. Right. Like there were my, like zero my, reasons right. not to murder her. Right. My hope. Right. My hope is that this they do the pretenses of the duel just long enough for them to start losing, and then they can just go, well, I didn't give a shit about this anyway. Time to start blasting yeah. and just, you know, and, and, you permanently know, wreck the, the school, like, uh, setting, I, I, right? I think you're right. That should happen, and I think that will happen. Like, so. my major concern... <laughs> like, my major concern is just, like, there was a more elegant way to get there. There, there right? probably is, right? Yeah. Like, it's, this, it's like... The, it's the fucking anime fig always of, like... Well, yeah, well if I... Well, if I... Game. Well, you're, it's like, if well, if I win this thing, you have to do what I say, and everybody is always just like, huh, interesting, I guess I will do that, and then do what you say when you win, instead of just, yeah. like... How about I pull the fucking trigger instead, yes. dumbass? Yeah. Look, I think I, mean, I think to Zig's point, it feels like that's not appropriate for this show. But <laughs> yeah, right. I, like honestly, I was kind of hoping that they were just gonna murder Nika, not because she's a bad character. I, I like it, but because it would have been stakes, something right. extremely unexpected yes. and yeah. like it would have right. been like, oh, these fuckers are not fucking around. Mm-hmm. Like, like uh, I mean, I, I guess it, it 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 is um it is a testament to what they have done with the the Earth witches that. You know, we, we talk about selling and booking when it comes to like convincing, yeah. you know, the audience that a character will actually make good on their like stated fictional intentions. Right. When Norea has that knife up to Nika's stomach, there was actually <laughs> a second there yeah. where I was like, oh, she might actually go through with it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, and there's... to be fair, um, I think the Earth Witches are one of my least favorite characters character archetypes which are like oh you know they're funny happy goofy they're the girls gun- they're who are the also, cyber new types yeah you know? who are all, like they're not even like it's crazy it's it's like a bit 
bit more flat than that because you know that character archetype has become a bit more of a cliche in the years mm-hmm. since cyber new types were a major thing but i do like i thought that they were working right up until the end of this episode because i was like oh like they're working because they're actually doing the ill shit that they tend, right. tend to and that's why i felt you know the ending was such a huge letdown yeah, I, right. I i think again this is sort of one of those cases where I, I again I I praised you which for being an economic show, but I think sometimes it it cuts those corners too close to get to its desired desi- uh, destination. And I think the ending of this episode is definitely a case of like, well, we need Soleta to get to have a reason to fight the Earth, the witches from Earth, and this is sort of the best we could come up with in the school setting. And I think mm-hmm. it's definitely a case of like, were this a fifty-two episode series, they probably would have found a much more graceful way to get there. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I guess the thing I, I will say is, I, 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 you know, I, I, I totally get you know what you're saying about the whole, you know, it makes me feel bad thing, right? But I, I do, I, I guess I continue to appreciate how well they are trying to balance the like at this point like daunting number of separate interests that exist in this story. Like, yeah, you know, the, I do... the the structuring of the show remains very strong. Yes, it's it's. I, I feel like a lesser show would have already collapsed under the weight of the number of plot threads that have been dangling. <laughs> and that's, I, hey, never say never. Look, it's still yeah, good. Oh, yes. oh yeah, <laughs> it's still true. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I do think that <laughs> but, we could have used maybe just an extra few minutes in this episode so they could show them. I don't know, like making an enormous pizza or something like that. Sure, yeah. So, uh... I mean, I like this. I mean, for a great example of this, right, is to to, to mm. speak to both our points. <clears throat> I wish that montage with um, the Earth, which is integrating into the school, was like a full like eight minute Epis- B plot, right? or even an episode. Like that could sure. be a whole episode. Like, because then, Iro uh, actually had mm. a great suggestion of what if you combined the montage of Soleta defeating the Jobber Squad with the Earth Witches integrating into the school, right? Because then you could have a great bit of, like, well, they're watching Soleta fight these, like, you know, posh, you know, school dipshits, right? And you could totally have the plotline of them being, like, she's not fighting for real. Like, I've seen her fight for her life. And, like, what she's doing in this school is, like, a mockery, right, of, like, who she really is, right? Stuff like that. Like, there's... That mon- that montage does again confirm that like funnels are the most overpowered. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like I mean, again, I I love every jobber that showed up in this episode. One of them like, has you know, one of them like has four arms and beams four beam sabers, which is normally a surefire bet for like actually yeah. powerful suit. And then, and then, and then cuts then their cuts own, its own yeah, cuts, cuts its own antenna yeah. off, which is fantastic. Yeah. I think uh, I think the the speed at which like they zoomed through. And getting these characters into the school setting is like, to me, again and again, I'm getting my hopes up, maybe, is like, that to me is a way to have it happen, and then we can wrap that up quick by having sure. them blow things yeah. up or something. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, would, I would hope so as well. I think it's just the thing of like, I think, I think we have all enjoyed our time with G-Witch to some extent. I think it's just that this is not one of those shows where we can place, you know, this this is not like an Akadama drive or something where we can just place our full, complete, like, unquantitative trust in it. Like, like I feel like if we get to the end of G-Witch and we're still positive, 
Mm-hmm. Like that will be a miracle, right? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, but, but we'll by be, their very we'll nature, Gundam shows. Every... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now go on, G, go on. I uh, just it will be nervous every step of the way there. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, like by their nature, Gundam shows, you know, which are shows that tend to want to try and say something about, you know, many things, tend to be quite complicated and multi-layered shows, right? Like, right. you set off a lot of rockets and hope that some of them hit the target. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess if we just want to wrap up here, the last two things I want to bring up. Uh, so, like, Delling is, like, growing a mobile armor in that hole, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. We're gonna get a big Zam in that hole, right? It, it, that's That's... <laughs> It certainly seems like some sort of yeah. like forbidden weapon thing, right? Uh-huh. Like, uh, like is... it's a Gundam show. What else could it be but some yeah, sort of right. like, terrible prototype suit or <laughs> yes. mobile armor or something like that? Uh, I mean, I think that it's probably all right. It's probably the thing that caused them to seal away Gundam twenty probably, years ago yes. or whatever. Right, and it's like a psycho frame like, or something. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe they'll end up plugging Delling into it or something. I don't know. There's what are the odds? What are the odds that it's something which atte- which is going to attempt human instrumentality? <laughs> I mean, at this <laughs> point, y'all talking about like, oh, is Delling going to pilot? I feel like we all well, need to be asking: yeah. is, is Prospera going to? Yeah, be that's, what I, yeah, yeah that's, that's where I was going. Yeah, I feel like right, now that Delling is out in. of the picture. Yeah, I feel like Prospera is kind of now the one of the most prominent yes. well, potential villains. I, in this show. I would give like, Eve. I mean, like, I think we've said for a while that she's probably, like, the main bad guy, right? Like, yeah. I I would put even odds on the fact that Delling never wakes up, you know, that he sure, is sure. he is killed just out in of the collateral yeah. action or whatever. You I know? mean, or, like, the happy ending is that, like, Delling, em- Delling embracing Gundarm to be able to walk again, is, like, is the push right, they that they need to industry in, in yeah. Right. yeah yeah is the push they need to like finally legitimize its use for medical purposes instead of as weapons of war etc right. etc et right. the point is i i don't think he will be a particularly major presence in this second half because like that I don't think the so, whole yeah. the whole corporate plot is way more interesting when he's yeah. not a factor rather than yeah. when um, he is a factor yeah, yeah for sure the the other thing i'm going to point out um Guel looks so sad at the OP. <laughs> What's going on, buddy? What's going on? He did kill his own father. Uh, that kind of gets yeah, to you. I know. That. That's a rhetorical question. Uh, What's wrong, yeah. buddy? Bob, Why no. the face? We'll Bob. see. We'll see Bob again. I'm sure. Um, oh, I, I can't believe. I, like, I, I think the big question this dipshit we... is the character I'm like the most invested in finding out what he's been up to. I mean, like, I feel like the Bob plot at this point is like there's only two ways he can go: is that like he comes back to redeem himself and becomes like an avenging angel for the heroes, or he goes full sicko and becomes like the chief, like. Mook on I, I think he's going to join the the Earthians at some point. Yeah, that's yeah. Gonna become, I, I think so as well. But... Fuck, what's that name of that dude in Code Geass? Orange. Oh yeah, uh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that can oh too. man, like I don't know the strength of will required to become a living meme overnight. Is, uh, <laughs> I think I think Bob's got it in him, but uh, yeah. yeah. Does he have enough one hundred percent fresh squeeze loyalty? Oh, <sighs> oh my goodness. Well, um. One thing I will just add, I think we've confirmed Suleta's not brainwashed. We can throw those theories out. 
Right? Yeah, I mean, those were I always, mean, she's like half joking at most, right? I mean, I uh, never contended she was brainwashed. Like, is I, she we, I don't think we did, but that was a big theory going I, around. I think at most, she's conditioned. She is, in some she's form, conditioned, right? as children often are, right? I mean, yeah. like, yeah. there's a great bit in the episode where she literally spells it out to the audience. Well, if mom says it's okay, then I'm probably fine, right? Right. Yeah. Like, that is the talk of a kid who has been hard conditioned mm-hmm. by her parent. Right? It's very like, funny also. But, th- but that, like, that's different than okay like... to paste that man with my mole suit? She's yeah, like, no, it's... yeah, it was totally yeah. fine, honey, that you crushed him into paste with your mole suit. Well, the great thing is... I think I could have done it some... I think I could have done it differently. No, no, it was very important and good that you crushed no, the no, man no, okay. with the hand you of your mole suit. You're right, Eero, but, El- but Elnora does have what, like, in classic <laughs> like parental style, has one throw line where she's like, you know, I do think think you went maybe a little, a little far, too far, but I think... Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> well, she doesn't say that to her. She says that to Murine, right? Yeah. But, oh, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes, that's to Murine. It's the classic deflection, right? Of Yeah, <laughs> yeah to... Yeah, in her I mean, negotiations. Like, I, I as I said, I don't think anybody here ever thought that she was like a Manchurian no, candidate. No, no. Who was no we did, we did, by... but that was a very popular theory on yeah. the internet. Um, and right. yeah, this is, but there was no like. We said the activation word, and now she can't remember what she did or anything like that. So thank right. God, because no, she knows exactly what she did. And yeah, I I'm very curious because also prominently, Mjolnir and Soleta have not spoken since those events. Seems to be the implication, right? Yeah, like right. I mean, every it I'm, seems like the implication is everybody involved has been oh, like detained and hush order. Yeah, yeah. but we know we know they still love each other because Soleta's taking care says, of. Okay, well, well, we'll get. That's a whole other level. But uh, in the in the episode, <laughs> in the episode, Selena's still taking care of the tomatoes, and uh-huh. Mirina is longingly. She says she's winning, winning the jewels for Mirina as well. Like she says, yeah. I promised Mirina I'd win these jewels. And, and, and she's she's always emailing her and everything. And Mirina is longingly looking at her little uh, stupid charm stuff boy yeah. thing Eskimo that she plushy. has. <laughs> yes, so we know they still love each other despite it all. And then, of course, there is the uh-huh. ED, which, again, just watch it and explains itself. But <laughs> I mean, yeah. I feel like they, they, even do, like... they even do the revolutionary girl, Utena, plunge your hand into the other character's chest thing. Yeah. Like, uh, they're not yeah. even hiding it. <laughs> yep. So and the internet can freak out about Soleta having her hair down, and yeah. But I know yeah. writers who use subtext, and they're all cowards. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, that's great. By All right. Okochi. Well, uh, we have there are a lot of other new shows, obviously, but we're going to save those for next time. Uh, there's still a lot of them coming out today, and yeah. So again, we're stuck in between things. So we're going to end it for there. But next time, I think we'll have a lot of more other new things. Assuming there, are, I know there's a couple shows I want to talk about, but. We'll see, I guess, if anything else good comes out. I'm, I'm still waiting on uh, the one that you guys said is designed for me or whatever. Uh, the uh, Insomniac one or whatever that was called. Right. But uh, <laughs> that has not come out as of recording. I think that comes out tomorrow. But yeah, so plenty more first looks on the way. And of course, I mean, this leads into our housekeeping. You can go to theglorioblog.com and uh, read about all of our first looks, including... A lot of the bad shows that we have not talked about. I've cool, watched. Cool. Some, <laughs> some, Maybe next some, time I'll talk about uh, 
magical dis- Maho Shoujo Magical Destroyer. Oh, we have to. Uh, <laughs> was that even a? Th- I don't even remember that. Uh, uh, and I did, it, and I made the schedule. Um, I mean, you gave it to me because it has Maho Shoujo in the title. Yeah. So, you know, you can look at uh, what we've what we've got up there. There's some there's some good and some bad. Some of the good ones we'll talk about. So check that out at theglorioblog.com. And uh, other housekeeping, you can follow us on Twitter at the Glorio Blog, on co-host at Glorio. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, Stitcher. And you can follow us on YouTube where you can like, comment, subscribe, ring that notification bell, all those good things. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, and we'll catch everybody next time. Buddy, buddy.